Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Hello everybody. Thank you for listening to our program on time every Saturday night. I'm Connie, and today, we're going to talk with our old friend Dr. Hofstadter about more interesting exosome knowledge. I believe everyone is looking forward to his arrival. Let's welcome Dr. Hofstadter with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Hofstadter? Good evening, every dear friend in the audience. Thank you for your invitation, dear Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Yeah, me too. So, in the last episode, we talked a lot about how tetraspanins play an important role in fusion. We learned that some pathogens use tetraspanins to enter cells. For example, CD81 is involved in the infection of hepatocytes by Plasmodium falciparum and Plasmodium yolii. The most well-known feature of tetraspanins is infertility in CD9 knockout mice, in which sperm cannot fuse with CD9-deficient eggs. CD81 deficiency is also accompanied by reduced egg-sperm fusion. In most cases, CD9, CD81, and CD82 are also involved in virus-induced syncytia formation and cell entry. In addition, the assembly and transfer of viruses require the assistance of tetraspanins. Morphogenetic features of tetraspanins are frequently associated with angiogenesis induction. This is the part we will focus on today. What's more, the responsibility of tetraspanins in hemostasis is also what we need to understand. Where do we start, Dr. Hofstadter? At the beginning, let me introduce some basic points of angiogenesis. Angiogenesis defines the process of forming new capillaries from pre-existing vasculature. This process is critical for providing oxygen to growing organisms. Tissue remodeling wound repair and the rapid growth of tumor cells inherently require a blood supply. Angiogenesis is a complex process of the coordinated action of proangiogenic factors and inhibitory factors. You know, under normal circumstances, the two are in a state of balance. But once this balance is broken, the vascular system will be activated, causing excessive angiogenesis or inhibiting the vascular system to degenerate blood vessels. Angiogenesis is initiated by angiogenic factors, angiopoietin, epidermal growth factor, interleukin-8, tumor necrosis factor alpha, transforming growth factor alpha and beta, platelet-derived endothelial growth factor, and VEGF. Factors that inhibit angiogenesis include endostatin and angiostatin. That's really a good starting point. And you mentioned a lot of various factors related to angiogenesis. How do those cytokines that promote angiogenesis work? What mechanism is involved? I think the VEGF would be a great example. It is responsible for stimulating endothelial cells by binding to specific receptors of endothelial cells and neuropolins. Stimulated endothelial cells grow and secrete matrix-degrading enzymes that digest the basement membrane surrounding blood vessels. Subsequently, 
the connections between endothelial cells are altered, and endothelial cells migrate toward the source of angiogenic stimuli. At this stage, sprouting endothelial cells are reorganized to form tubes and assemble new basement membranes. Lumen formation is driven by interactions between endothelial cells and the extracellular matrix. Molecules involved in this process include galactin-2, CD31 also known as PCAM1, and vascular endothelial cadherin. As I know, more and more shreds of evidence suggest that tetraspanins may directly regulate the development and function of the vascular system and participate in the pathogenesis of vascular diseases. Could you please give me a classic example? No problem. There is strong evidence that the tetraspanin CD151 is important in the induction of angiogenesis. Although CD151 mutated patients and CD151 knockout mice had no apparent defects in vasculogenesis, angiogenesis was defective. Vasculogenesis is defined as the differentiation of endothelial precursor cells, or angioblasts into endothelial cells and the de novo formation of primitive vascular networks. Angiogenesis is the growth of new capillaries, from pre-existing blood vessels by sprouting or intussusception. Overexpression of CD151 also promotes revascularization, and improves blood perfusion in ischemia. CD151 facilitates endothelial cell invasion, migration, cable formation, matrigal contraction, tube formation, and sprouting. But these activities were impaired in CD151 knockout mice. Thanks Dr. Hofstadter. Then how do you describe the relevant mechanism of CD151 in angiogenesis induction? Well, CD151 regulates the activity of endothelial cell adhesion laminin and signaling pathway molecules required for angiogenesis and promotes collagenolytic activity through tetraspanin-enriched membrane microdomain, binding of membrane type 1 matrix metalloproteinase. The activity of CD151 in angiogenesis is mainly associated with related integrins, especially laminin-binding integrins and tetraspanin-related proteases. In addition to CD151, I also know CD9 functions in angiogenesis. So, specifically, how does CD9 affect angiogenesis? Which cells and receptors are involved? Okay, first, CD9 regulates endothelial cell migration and leukocyte transendothelial migration. Second, CD9 is also expressed in smooth muscle cells. You know, smooth muscle cells are the main component of muscular arteries. Phenotypic changes following injury led to the neointimal formation in which hyperplasia of the neointima leads to thrombus restenosis and vessel occlusion. Upregulation of CD9 expression promotes smooth muscle cell proliferation and migration, and is associated with tissue remodeling through association with the fibronectin receptor alpha-5-beta-1, usually after lesion formation. This reminds me of another question. Are the contributions of CD151 and CD9? to angiogenesis strictly membrane-dependent or can they be mediated by exosomes? Yeah, really good point. But unfortunately, I don't think there is a definite answer to this question so far. 
but I know researchers have explored the tetraspan and span 8 in this regard. Span 8 is a strong inducer of angiogenesis. Its presence is sufficient to induce an angiogenic switch, in the absence of angiogenic factors. Studies have shown that, span 8 expressing exosomes, are sufficient to induce angiogenesis and endothelial cell progenitor maturation. Necessary for span 8 angiogenesis induction in cells and exosomes, is the binding of span 8 to alpha-4-beta-1 in exosomes. The exosomal span 8 alpha-4-beta-1 complex preferentially targets endothelial cells and endothelial cell progenitors. Exosomes containing the span 8 alpha-4-beta-1 complex were internalized by endothelial cells and induced vague independent regulation of several angiogenesis-related genes. This is accompanied by enhanced proliferation, migration, and sprouting of endothelial cells as well as the maturation of endothelial cell progenitors. Makes sense. So, what do we need to know about the relationship between tetraspanins and hemostasis? I think we could start with the meaning of hemostasis. Yeah. In simple terms, hemostasis is the process of stopping blood loss from damaged blood vessels. Hemostasis is regulated by a series of carefully planned events, and depends on the blood vessels through which blood flows and numerous proteins and cells. Tumor vessels often have thin walls, an incomplete basement membrane, and a reduced number of parasites. So, tumor blood vessels are leaky. This allows the extravasation of plasma proteins, forming a scaffold for newly migrated endothelial cells. In turn, leakage of the endothelial cell layer facilitates the initiation of thrombus formation. That is, tumor blood vessels can spontaneously form thrombi. If the tumor is to overcome this problem, what needs to be done? Episodic focal hemorrhage is a common feature of tumor vasculature. Thrombotic states leading to disseminated intravascular coagulation frequently occur in cancer patients. I think angiogenesis and leakage of new blood vessels are critical. Therefore, the coagulation function needs to be activated in time. The coagulation cascade is initiated when the primary initiator of coagulation, provided by many tumor cells, is exposed to plasma components. The cascade ends with the conversion of platelet-bound prothrombin to thrombin. Thrombin initiates clot formation by catalyzing fibrinogen cleavage and fibrin polymerization. Not only that, but activated platelets also support angiogenesis by releasing proangiogenic factors, such as VEGF and angiopoietin-1. Can thrombin help angiogenesis? If so, by what route? Yeah, and thrombin supports angiogenesis by cleaving PAR1 on endothelial cells, which induces the activation and secretion of proteases, including matrix metalloproteinase and urokinase receptor. So combined with what has just been said, excessive angiogenesis supports thrombosis, and the coagulation cascade provides feedback for angiogenesis. Okay. Another question is, which tetraspanins are abundantly expressed in platelets? And what function do they each play? CD63, CD9, and CD151, as far as I know, 
are abundantly expressed in platelets. CD151 is required for efficient platelet activation and aggregation. CD151 knockout mice provide evidence that the associated CD151 in platelets is responsible for platelet spread on fibrinogen and delayed clot retraction. You know CD9 appears to prevent thrombus overgrowth, but does not appear to play a key role in primary hemostasis. CD9 is enriched at platelet-platelet contact sites and localized within alpha granules and pseudopodia. CD9 induces platelet activation through G-protein activation, phosphoinositide hydrolysis, and inhibition of adenylate cyclase. It promotes platelet aggregation stability and enhances fibrinogen binding. The direct role of CD63 in platelet aggregation is most expressed in platelets. I think it may be involved in the activation and proliferation of focal adhesion kinase. In addition to these, SPAN32 knockout mice also exhibited prolonged bleeding time, reduced platelet aggregation, and delayed clot contraction. SPAN8, although not expressed on platelets, induces thrombosis and disseminated intravascular coagulation. There is evidence that exosomal SPAN8 promotes platelet activation. Then, are platelet-derived exosomes critical for hemostasis? You know, the procoagulant activity of platelet-derived exosomes is well known. Platelet-derived exosomes constitute approximately 70-90% to 90 of circulating exosomes in plasma. Specifically, it has been proposed that exosomes provide negatively charged phospholipids, which are required for the activation of coagulation factors. Furthermore, Platelet-derived exosomes expressed nitric oxide synthase 2, NADPH oxidase subunit, and protein disulfide isomerase, in a lipopolysaccharide-induced septic shock model. Endothelial cells exposed to these platelet-derived exosomes respond to caspase 3 activation and become apoptotic. Combined with these shreds of evidence, platelet-derived exosomes contribute to physiological coagulation. However, I am not sure whether platelet-derived exosomal tetraspanins CD151, CD9, SPAN32, and CD63 contribute to the procoagulant activity, or whether tumor-derived exosomal tetraspanins trigger excessive platelet activation. Awesome! I think with your help, I have developed a solid understanding of the relationship between tetraspanins, exosomes, angiogenesis, and hemostasis. In conclusion, the role of tetraspanins in angiogenesis and thrombosis has only recently received attention. But I believe we'll gain a wealth of information about platelets, which account for the majority of exosomes in serum and tetraspanins, which are constituents of exosomes, in the near future. Okay. That's all we have today. Thanks to Dr. Hofstadter for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you, I hope we will see you next time.